Hard, and it said Hard Mountain Dew. No oh, shit. And I've been Whoa. checking back, but I haven't seen anything yet. What store was that? QFC. Down the one on no uh, off of Dravis, yeah. You just follow home, whoever's kind of walking in a, in a, in a loopy circle, and they probably have the Hard Mountain Dew. There you go. Like a whirling disease in Trout, only it's <laughs> extreme. Just disease. walk around going, woo, woo. Yeah. As soon as somebody else family, you beat them up and no, take their that, fucking Hard Mountain that, Dew. That would be Hard Fago. Hard Fago. <laughs> It's it's coming. <laughs> I'm sure they put their own meth juice in there or whatever. Yeah. Hard fago. Me- it's like ten percent alcohol, fifteen percent meth. <laughs> meth squeezins. <laughs> Good old lightning. Like, isn't that what George Jones used to drink? Yep. Like white lightning. <laughs> white lightning. Mighty, mighty pleasing your daddy's meth squeezins. <laughs> You're like, mmm, it's boozy. It's got some uh, root beer flavored, and it's kind of like now I really wanted, smattering of cat piss. And I really <laughs> want to take apart all of my power tools and never put them back together. <laughs> we went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names with guns and axes. We sought our And the USA. USA. Well, I thought of this one because of the con angles. Yeah. Con angles. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh. So, uh, well, I guess welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked! Tony, what do you know about uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder? Oh, fuck. I... Other than that, her female horse has the biggest cock I've ever seen that's, on, a, that's on an the, 80s television that's show. That's the only thing I know about her. <laughs> I was. Uh, We're going to ruin it for everybody. I was kind of forced to watch that show when I was in like daycare as a kid, and I fucking hated it. Oh, it's probably... Why I have somewhat of a disdain for old Western movies. Well, except for except on that for one, very little happened. Like instead of a cool gunfight at the OK Corral, oh, it's God. like it's like Pa has a bucket fall off on his head from the hayloft, and then oh, it's so fucking boring. And then something catches on fire. Yeah, maybe. I can't. Your daughter yeah. just goes blind. It, it makes Bonanza look interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bonanza, like like I said, the like we I think we mentioned the Leprechaun episode. Oh and yeah. The one where oh, yeah. The one where they're having to fight a knight on a mounted knight mm-hmm. in armor. Um, yeah, there was some, there was some fever, some, fever dream shit shark, happening. Shark jumping happening in that you show. Know? Oh, you gotta listen to Bonanas for Bonanza. There, it, it was behind. A, it's old, but it's was behind a paywall. Now they're bringing it out. But it's Andy Daly again from the review show. And I thought that. you were gonna say. Oh, okay. Bo- behind the Nanzas. Oh, bananas, but spelled, banana for Bonanza. So but like, it's spelled Bonanas. So yeah, you can never it. find it. All right, you go, Robert Evans. Bo- bo- but Bonans the nerf. I, I vowed never to recommend anything again, aside from the Shags and the Greasy Strangler. So, oh, I got another one that you should uh, you, you can add to that list. I started. Uh, I, I I found a movie called Hold on, the I Cheesy got, Strangler. No, 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 no. <laughs> I if I found this fucking movie, I wrote it down. It's my wrestling name, <laughs> the Cheesy Strangler. Yep. Uh, Sex and Zen Three Ultimate Ecstasy. <laughs> Uh, so I was on Reddit looking at Tears of the Kingdom shit that people are writing about, and for whatever, because there's a wagon, wagon wheels and shit in this, you can build stuff with them. I'm not going to get further into it than that. Like a wagon? There is a, someone, someone posted a, an animated GIF that was like, this like, fucking hot ass, like, Chinese lady 
and she has this golden like magic penis. Uh, they mm-hmm. they they bring out this wagon wheel, and sh- her dick just goes. She can move it around and stuff, and her dick goes whoonk right through the middle of the wagon wheel, and then slaps a guy in the face. That was the whole animated gift. Is it set, is it set to uh, Darius Rucker singing Wagon Wheel? No, the- <laughs> Rock Me Mama like a <laughs> yeah. magic penis with on a wagon wheel. Uh, no, but uh, I was like, what in the fuck is this? So I had to like reverse image search it, and I found this movie, and it's a softcore kung fu porno from China. Kung fu porno. Okay. Holy shit. It's fucking nuts. But I, I found it. You can buy it on Google Play for like eight bucks. So it's so chi- I bought it. and Chinese I, softcore kung fu porno. <laughs> so I've, I've been playing it at the bar, and like every time I put it on, people are just mesmerized. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, it's, you, when you put fucking Asu Toilet of the Dead. Oh, Zombie Ass Toilet of the, of the Dead? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but was, like People like, got pretty mesmerized with that, too, and... Unless they were eating. I, so I put it on last night, and like there's a whole, there was like eight people sitting at the bar, and they're all just watching it. And it comes to that scene where they like bring out the wagon wheel, and then her, her, well, first she's her, di- her golden like magic penis is like wrapped around her leg. No, oh, oh, as you do. And uh, this guy's like, you know, it's like a harem, so they're golden everybody's fucking and shit and making out. So penis. he's like, he's like kissing on her arm, and then he starts kissing on her leg. He's like, oh, what a fascinating uh, accessory you have. And he's like, <sighs> he like puts the end of the her golden magic penis in his mouth, and the guy behind him just like, like just pukes his guts <laughs> out the back. <laughs> and like she stands up, she's like, behold, and then they pull out the wagon wheel, and her her dick unfurls and goes shring, and then she you know weaves it through the wagon wheel, slaps the guy in the face, and then. Like all ten of the people at the bar were just like, like just started clapping. It was fucking amazing. <laughs> and then a woman like tries to uh, basically like interrogate a dude with her tits. I mean, it's fucking awesome. That, that has been done. Water. Oh no, she just bouncing his head off the ground with her boobs. I'm just motor like, water motor boating. Yeah. yeah what, just, what happens when the boat motors you is kind of what. I, I also just like that she is literally gold member. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, cool, Laura Ingalls Wilder. So we'll, we'll kick it off with the Comic Sans in the NPR voice. Mm. I thought you were going to say golden penis. Uh, of course, there's an anime version, too, that's some, somehow oh, yeah. in Spanish. Yeah. Yep. It's creepy. Uh, a little well, especially hu- since the Laura character is kind of making like I wouldn't. It's supposed to be excited child noises. It's more like excited sex worker <laughs> or porn star noises, uh, like hentai hentai excited noises. Like, oh, that's really bad. Jack, vamos! Uh, Little House was the only book Sarah Palin's family re- could remember her reading. Sarah Palin's family? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like when she was growing up? Yep. Oh. I mean. <laughs> Did she read any books? Well, she read one. Yeah. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> uh, Ronald Reagan and Saddam Hussein were big fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like to I, I like to think that behind the scenes they were having viewing parties of the show. <laughs> hey, you know, Saddam. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Look uh, at the cock on that mare. <laughs> <laughs> so once upon a time, a little girl lived in the woods. That's how it all starts. Yep. And then she meets a wolf on her way to grandma's house. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. 
kind of actually. Uh, but the Big Woods weren't a real place name. It's just kind of yeah. Wisconsin, Minnesota area. Uh, but by 1862, the government had kicked out all the Dakota Indians there, if you remember our, yep. our and hanged 40 of the, them. The great, yep. the great quote unquote, Sioux uprising. Yep. Uh, also, that was the same year Abe uh, signed the Homestead Act, giving 160 acres away for free. As long as you were a white guy. Mm-hmm. Anything else? <laughs> uh, see here, uh, far and away. <laughs> Pretty was much. that the movie, Far and Away? Yeah, except for that was the Oklahoma land. Oh, okay. I just remember a bunch of white people running as fast as they could yeah. through, and, uh, through uh, nothing. T- Mission Impossible guy, uh, Tom Maverick, whatever the fuck, Cruise. Tom like, Maverick. Uh, Tom, like, Tom Maverick, that's a good on-the-fly made-up yeah. name to tell a cop. <laughs> uh, but we remember the whole thing with him is he's like a shitty, poor Irish boxer guy that keeps, oh, right. on, that keeps on... he His uh, superpowers he gets like killed get, by getting punched. Yeah, and, uh, and then come back to life. He's basically resilient to all all head traumas, like including falling off horses and shit. So, yeah, that's his superpower. <laughs> In 1853, a German land company called for immigrants to settle Minnesota. Oh, yeah. At New Elm... Uh, right across from the Dakota Reservation, the first settlers get there in 1855, and they move directly into the Dakota's bark houses that they had built, but they were away hunting buffalo. Oh, and, how convenient. And this. when they come back, they're like, who are all these fucking white what people here? What the fuck? They just, like, house-jacked them? Yep. Hey, what's up, bloody knives, squatters rules? What the fuck? And, of course, the Germans refuse to move, but then smallpox breaks out and kind of settles the situation that, anyway. That'll move you. damn it. Uh, so then, you know, uh, of course it was the, uh, the Indian agent that said, uh, let them eat grass or their own shit. And then he ended up, uh, with some grass and shit in his corpse yep. mouth. Uh, <laughs> Good. and many more settlers were killed. I think it was almost what, a couple hundred. Yeah. Um, more, near, more than average. Yep. Uh, nearby on Hawk Creek, Jedediah Hebert Ingalls, he was a widower. And here he heard uh, from a settler who sounded the alarm that everybody was getting killed. Uh, Jed Ingalls gathered up his four children, Elizabeth Jane, Amanda, George, uh, George Washington. Oh, sorry. Of course. Amanda, George Washington? Mm-hmm. No. There's... Amanda, comma, George Washington. Yep. And Levina, and got him in the wagon and took off for Fort Ridgely, but they weren't fast enough. Fucking peeling out the whole way. And the Dakota Warriors caught up with them. Because they were in a wagon and the Dakota Warriors were on normal horse? Mm-hmm. Uh, two, sports horse. The two older girls made it to a neighbor's house and were taken hostage by a warrior, na- a warrior named Cutnose. The younger children got to watch their father get killed and scalped. Oh, fuck. His red hair was valued for the for the medicine wheels, oh, I the, guess. The that, oh. that you stick your penis through. Yep. Because <laughs> red represented north. Right, yeah. You got the four, mm. four-colored four wheel with the yellow, red, white, and black. Black bile, no, white bile, pretty much. red bile. You ever, yeah. you ever seen that, the sacred hoop things? There's no. Those, yeah. The quadrants are different. I can't remember for the life of me the actual order, but yeah, it's like, yeah, it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's your Instagram mission. Wait, it's a hoop. It's what's it called? It's a fucking med- medicine, medicine wheel. Usually, medicine wheel. I think. Yeah. There's a huge one in the Bighorns by Andes mm-hmm. that even predates well, most of the tribes I'm around I'm talking here. more like the ones you'd use, like kind of like uh, almost like a dream catcher type situation. Like people wear them for like pendants and stuff still, mm-hmm. or you'll see them like painted on stuff when you're in like native territory. Yeah. So we made our own, like, you know, on the way to there, just like, you know, 100 yards away. We didn't mess with the, the other stuff. We just right. made our own. In the, oh, cool. On the way there. There's a few different ones, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, white, yellow, red, black. Uh, so uh, Levina got taken hostage and traded to another tribe and ended up in Missouri. 
George Washington became a hostage of Little Crow, the leader of the Mididunkin. How do you pronounce that? I, I forgot. I don't remember. Anyway, the war goes on for a few weeks, maybe up to 800 settlers killed on that one. And I think that sounds a little inflated to me. Yep. It's kind of hard to keep track of Germans. Uh, <laughs> Specifically. I've never heard that stereotype about Germans. <laughs> no, no, you've all heard it before. In, in, in fact, especially, I thought, isn't it the opposite? They're supposed to take meticulous records of, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> But uh, eventually, the, some of the captives that the Indians had, uh, they were turned over to Mr. Sibley there. Of Miss, them, Mr. Sibley. Or, you know, governor, I guess. Two of them were Elizabeth Jane and Amanda Ingalls. Yay. Yay. And uh, the 303 Dakota prisoners were sentenced to die, but Lincoln said they're prisoners of war and had them released. But in the end, 39 were hanged. And that was geez. December 26, 1862. But basically, every all the other Dakotas just fled west. Yeah, and then got chased around by fucking Sully for... Ever. So, and of course, the nudities that never got there were redistributed to the settlers. To the Germans? To the Germans. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. The Germans. So the estate of Jed Engels got $865, and he used that to feed and clothe his orphans. I thought we are all orphans. By 1867, there were 50 Dakotas left in all of Minnesota. Just across the Mississippi that year, a little girl was born in a little house in the big woods. Yep. Laura Engels Wilder. Yeah. At that point, she was just Laura Ingalls, because I don't think she was married yet. Well, they did get married pretty young back then. At birth? Good. (laughs) I thought the house was on a prairie. It it eventually is. Oh, Oh, when they cut down all the big woods? No, no, these these motherfuckers, they they scoot around a bit. Oh. Can't can't be staying towards human habitation so long, because you're getting all this cool free land so you can start fresh Mm -hmm. when you're impoverished. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born on Haunted Lake, Pepin. Ooh, what a lovely place. Haunted Lake Pepin. I guess it's just haunted. Uh, on, that was on the Wisconsin side of the border, though. There, there's a, a rock called Maiden Rock, which was a fabled lover's leap, and you could hear her song, because that's why it's haunted, I guess. Yeah, it's so like LaLorna. Like, yeah, LaLorna. Only, only without the uh, uh, child protective without services. The David, don't go near the river. Uh, so her father was Charles. And they go all the way back to the Puritan days in 1628, which is part of the reason why you were so captivated by the uh, the you know that show is you know those good puritanical values always make for great television. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so action packed with their <laughs> with their self loathing and hard work. It's well, like uh, it's yeah. like the original Graham Cracker, <laughs> the TV show. Yeah, kind of yeah. Graham Cracker, the TV show. <laughs> That's literally what it is. It's a graham cracker on a Melmac plate, <laughs> sitting there with three-point lighting and elevator. Chuck Mangione, play, Chuck Mangione playing. Well, that there. was too spicy for that. Probably uh, Lawrence Welk Lawrence got some Lawrence, 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 of course. Little champagne, the music conductor. But uh, of the Germans in the, <laughs> the God no Great Plains. So Edmund Engels back in 1646, he was fined for carrying firewood on the Sabbath. What the fuck? He's like Shomer fucking Shabbos? But mostly like, because he stole the sticks from somebody else's fence. Oh, okay. Oh, that's... That makes well, sense. That's yeah. right. I was like, I don't woodhawk on Sundays or yeah. on the Sabbath. Yeah. I was going to be like, damn, the Christo-fascist state of this country is <laughs> fucking deep roots. Hey, man, like, like, uh, when did they start opening shit on Sundays in North Dakota? It was not until we were... 1990s? You know, at least in, yeah, at least in junior high, if not high school. Jesus. And that included... Fuck, gro- mm-hmm. there was nothing. Grocery store, nothing. Nothing. Well, gas th- station. You could go get gas. Yeah, that was it. Well, they did Fuck. have restaurants, grocery store open after a while, but yeah, famously you could uh, go get groceries, but you couldn't, couldn't buy get- 
toys. So like the toy section was they roped off. So I remember, yeah. remember sneaking up up to the toy section. It's like, oh, I can't buy this. Nope. What? Yeah. That is dumber than fucking... Uh, uh, well, and you couldn't get a fucking tattoo legally for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. There are places cropping up where now you can buy at least beer and wine in a grocery store, but that's usually pretty verboten unless it's a mm-hmm. separate liquor, like doored off liquor thing. Yeah, you had to go to the Paragon Bar if you needed beer. Right, or like the, the first convenience store I remember having beer and wine or beer and shit is that one in fucking Belfield by oh. the, the right across from Trapper's Kettle. Yeah, because they had a little liquor store behind, like where the registers and shit are. Yeah, they just had it was like the porno section, you know. You know, where yeah. they, it was like that. It just had liquor in it, but it was yeah. There was no going to the gas station and getting a fucking beer. That's nope. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't uh, fucking stop anybody from no, of drinking and or driving or, you know. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You just got to plan ahead. Oh, yeah, ahead. you just, and when you got to make sure you don't run out on Sundays, right. so you buy probably more than you normally would mm-hmm. and just end up drinking more than more you than normally would because you, you have it around. Yep. That's, that's the way you have a second or third fridge or just oh, yeah. leave the beer outside. Oh, yeah, you got to have a fridge out in the garage. Put, yeah, you got the fridge out in the garage with the. Uh, yeah, it's the pop fridge. You got pop, and then you got the the, the barley sodas, and then mm-hmm. you got the penicillin for the cows out there because it smells bad. And you oh. put it in the one with your food. There you go. <laughs> uh, so one of the ancestors uh, was dubbed Queen of Hell during the Salem witch trials. Awesome! Hell yeah! And Wasn't she, that was she played like a Alicia Keys or, or mm-hmm. something? <laughs> And she rode around on a broomstick. Awesome. Quidditch. Uh, Cotton Mather called her a rampant hag. Cotton Mather could fuck himself. <laughs> and in 1692, she was hanged. Always saying that she was innocent. That's what all the witches say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those damn witches. In the 1770s, uh, Laura's great-grandfather, Samuel Ingalls, married Margaret Delano, descended of one of the Mayflower passengers uh, and of the future president. Delano Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Or Frank. Trump. No. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was it was FDR, which yeah. she would soon come to hate. Spoiler alert. Because uh, socialism? Yep. But he was a good Puritan, too, because he beat his children for uh, <laughs> <laughs> going for a sleigh ride on the Sabbath again. Let's say for any transgression, <laughs> really. Smiling mm-hmm. on the Sabbath. Passing wind on the Sabbath. But he was a writer, too. In 1825, he published Rhymes of an Unlearned Poet. Oh, God. It, it, I'm sure it didn't rhyme at all. It was, it was basically an unillustrated chick tract, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Lord, why are you so angry with me? So, Pa, Charles, yeah. was born in 1836 in Cuba, New York, yep. which was the jumping off point for the West, uh, <laughs> which is Pennsylvania. It, it's because that's as far west as <laughs> far, far east Kentucky. Yeah. Like. Uh, Charles's family left when he was eight or nine, and they moved to Illinois, then on to Wisconsin in 1853. Carolyn Lake Quinner was born in 1839 in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, her family was originally from Connecticut and Massachusetts. Uh, her father died in a shipwreck on Lake Michigan. Oh, like Edmund, Edmunds Fitzgerald only mm-hmm. prequel. Pretty, pretty prequel. Uh, her family was sometimes helped by friendly Indians. Imagine that. And on the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Get a beating. So think about those Indians. If you've got to do some shit on the Sabbath, they don't got no qualms about that. Mm-hmm. So she gets a job teaching. In 1854, Charles Ingalls' family moves next door. Oh. So you just marry so the next door neighbor. That's how you did it. Lots of meat cute, you know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, look, we both survived the smallpox epidemic. <laughs> Not only does just one person in the family marry into that family, you know, the whole family. Basically, you know, there's sure. nobody else around. And that's so. the way we became the Brady Bunch, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just Little House on the Prairie in the suburbs. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
1862, they moved to Pepin County, where that haunted lake is. An uncle volunteered for the war and died at Shiloh. But uh, by August 1862, there was a draft, but very few in the western states. Uh, And for whatever reason, Charles did not enlist. Uh, It's unknown what he was doing that summer or fall of 1862. He might have been drifting around. But many of Wisconsin's western and northern counties swelled with men because they were avoiding the draft. Right. And also picture him drifting around like he's in his like his hot hatchback like Honda fucking <laughs> no, Civic. His, his Mitsubishi Carouser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mitsubishi Carouser just drifting around <laughs> corners on the skid road. Uh, so Charles was ready to move to Minnesota. Uh, but all these other people in 1862 come to Wisconsin because they're getting killed. By the in Dakota. Minnesota, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's probably not the good time to move there. Well, property's never been cheaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're going to want to bring paint and bleach. But it left and such an Im- impression on young Laura that she would later write, I can't forget the Minnesota massacre. But she was born five years later after yeah, the yeah. fact. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Well, she's probably told stories yeah. and shit her yeah. entire life. Uh, a year later, Charles sold his property in Pepin County for a whole bunch of money. Uh, Charles and his brother-in-law Henry and Tom bought land for cheap in Missouri uh, from Edmontine Johnson. That's a good one for the baby book. Edmontine? Edmontine. Edmontine. It sounds like that. Yeah, the administrator <laughs> team. I don't know what I wrote here. His siblings were Nova Zebla, Sylvestus, Italy, <laughs> Sicily, and John. What the fuck? Is that like? What was the first one? <laughs> minor Greek gods. It's like Nova a- Zembla and Sylvestus. <laughs> Consult your physician if you think your Nova Zembla is causing permanent fucking anal fissures. <laughs> but these Johnsons, the war wiped out their family fortune of chewing tobacco, uh, and they took away his three slaves. I was going to say, it probably took away their <clears throat> uh, labor force. So uh, Charles got these 80 acres for 900 bucks with only $1 down. Oh. But the catch was it was 10% interest, though. Uh, so they leave about 1869 in, in Missouri, in Sheridan County. Only one person ever voted for Abe Lincoln. Did you say Abe so that's Lincoln? what you're running into well, there. Well, if you thought the fucking Sioux Uprising was bad in Missouri, go mm-hmm. vote for Abe Lincoln and let people know about it. Yep. And uh, the county was also home to Sterling Old Pap Price. Well, uh, that definitely sounds like a horn swuggler. Mm-hmm. Or a doctor that... Like, is a horn swuggler. But he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, you might have cervical cancer. Let me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Old paps for people who don't need paps anymore. Like, well, or I'm saying that to like, yeah, a 30 year old dude. Your your cervix might be inflamed, son. (laughs) What's a cervix? (laughs) So they buy this land sight unseen. Does have a creek, but it would often flood. Well, that's Um, just bigger creek. You get more water. That's more bang for your buck. Mm hmm. Bonus pack. And, of course, his brother Henry's, his land had no water at all. Well, see, you just divert your extra water to Henry. Mm -hmm, No problem. Uh, But this trip was Laura's earliest memory. But they didn't stay long because Kansas opened up free land. Mm. Uh, Never mind, it was full of Osage Indians at the time. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. In 1863, 20 miles away from where the Ingalls settled, 22 Confederate troops rode into looking to recruit people. And they fired on the Osage and killed the guy. And they came, the Osage came back and killed 20 of the Confederates and beheaded them. Yay, and there was Fuck much yeah. rejoicing. Hell yeah, get it. I haven't heard of that one before. Mm-hmm. But this is why they move eventually. Didn't know there was some Johnny Reb on indigenous warrior, you know, action. Mm-hmm. Action. 
But the Osage's reservation keeps getting squeezed, and the Ingalls built a cabin within the reservation oh, yeah. and boundaries. They, and they do do that on the show. They get they get kind of warned too, like, mm-hmm. "Hey, fuckheads, you this is Indian land. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to do that." And it was posted, get out, but they just refused. Yeah. And 7,000 people move in while the Osage were away hunting. Oh, God damn it. shit again. These guys <laughs> got to the start getting DoorDash or something every time they leave the house. Fucking. Yep. And the Osage did sell some of their land, but of course they had to wait two years to get paid for any of it. Right. And Laura remembers her father waking up in the middle of the night to see wolves circling the house. That's the biggest thing I, that sticks out to me when I read that in that, you know, we read Little House on the Prairie, you know, in social studies. And I just remember this, they, they were living in a Saudi, weren't they? I don't know. I don't remember. I much think about they it. were in a Saudi, but the what I do remember is they didn't have a fucking door. They just had a blanket hanging there, and they described it as being like not your like workaday gray wolves. You know, it was back when they still had the lobos out there, like the buffalo wolves, the big mm. wolves, not like fucking Game of Thrones dire wolf for anything. But right, you know, wolves that evolved to eat buffaloes. They were a little bigger, and they tended to be like white. And yeah, just paw sitting there with his fucking like hawk and rifle, hanging out by the blanket door while these things are out. You said they lived carousing. in what a Saudi. A sod house, yeah. Oh, a sod house. Okay, okay. Not a lot, a lot, a lot of trees. So a lot of a lot of times, if you moved out there, if it wasn't a pre-existing structure, you know, you can you can dig up sandstone in a lot of cases eventually, and you'll you'll find plenty when you're trying to plow your field. So you save all that shit up, but until then, you can cut squares of prairie sod and stack that up like sure. bricks. Or they dig into the side of a hill, make dugouts. A lot of times, you just kind of start out digging a hole and putting your wagon cover over the top of that. And then, you know, you're sitting there sleeping in a hole, like pretty much a ranger grave with a little ladder. And then you're sleeping in like snakes and badgers and shit are falling in through your roof. Oh, great. So you want to build up as soon as you can. Yeah, yeah. We'll sleep with your mouth open so they all land yeah, in Yeah, well, you get, get that protein. Yeah. And of course, Jack the Bulldog guarded them. Yes, too. Jack. Is that the name of their dog? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It seems more like he was more of a guard dog than uh, well, a playful. Back in those days, bulldogs were not like these fat, snorfy things that we have now. They could still reproduce on their own, and they were, you know, they're called bulldogs for a reason because yeah. they're meant to fight bulls. This is picture more pit bull looking or, or uh, Staffordshire terrier looking than than fatty McBulldog face mm-hmm. that we have nowadays. So in 1870, they canceled their land deal that they. Moved away from anyway, and the one in Missouri. And they also suffer from malaria. Malaria's got mossy teeth, dandruff, and a fat butt. Still a mystery at a time, but they were treated by their neighbor, George Tan, with quinine. Oh, wow. Which actually works. Yep, but he was a black man. Whoa. The first lore I ever saw. Oh, wow. Probably the last. No. <laughs> uh, the Osage returned from their hunting trip the summer of 1870, and Charles sees them standing around his barn. Uh, so he ties up Jack there to scare off the Indians. It's always good to have your attack dog mm-hmm. tied up so it can't actually chase anybody. <laughs> One day, Laura and her sister Mary were playing in the barn, and they see two Indians walk into their cabin, mm-hmm. and they were going to let Jack go after them, but they remembered their father saying, you know, keep them tied up. Yeah. Uh, they summoned enough courage to get their mother, but the Indians just made them cook for them. Yep. They do that on the show, too. Mm-hmm. And they just leave. Oh. Yep. Uh, they camped nearby and sang songs at night, though, but Pa told them not. want a rock and roll all night and have a really good time. <laughs> and Pa told him not to worry, but he carried a gun everywhere yep. until they left. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> In August, they get a new sister, Caroline Celestia. Where'd they get her from? The, the, the stork Indians. store. But she was always frail, maybe from the malaria. Uh, ten days later, they're counted in the census. Uh, Charles said he was a carpenter. The census taker left the property values blank because the land did Sunk. not belong to him. Oh, yeah. 
In the spring, the Osage come back again, and they ride past. Paw gets the idea and starts to pack. The soldiers were kicking off all the white people off Osage land. At least that's what Laura was told. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the white settlers were allowed to stay if they hadn't caused any trouble. Uh, but uh, they probably just go back to Wisconsin because the guy who bought their farm, Gustav Gustafson. Oh, yeah. wonder where he hails from. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they default, so they go back to their old land in Wisconsin. I'm Gustav Gust- Gustafson. Mm-hmm. I come from Japan. <laughs> and they could have legally bought that land in Kansas after a while because the Osage do move. So, uh, so they leave. They see a wagon going out. Uh, they were stuck, and their horses were stolen in the night. Uh, Charles offered them a ride, but they refused. Uh, they traded in their horses and Jack, so they trade away their dog, oh, their what? beloved dog. Fucking, that's, they they always have him in the show until mm-hmm. they, and he finally gets killed by something. Mm-hmm. Plane lands on him. But by May, they're back in Wisconsin among relatives. Uh, they return to the house Laura was born in, and most of the material for Laura's first book comes from about uh, this time. This so. weird round trip waste of time that they just did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Laura went to school at the Barry Corner School, on and off. The teacher was praised for teaching good spelting, or spelling. Mm. That's how I spell spelting. Spelt. Which, uh, you spelt it, you dealt it. But Laura always struggled with it. Spelling? Uh, yep. Good thing she became a fucking author. No? Yep. One day, Laura's mom curled her hair when she visited her Aunt Lottie, who was 12. That, that happens. <laughs> Everyone loves Sister Mary's good curls. It ignored Laura's brown curls. Oh. Later that evening, Mary told Laura her blonde curls were prettier, and Ooh. Laura slapped her. Yeah, talk, talking that <laughs> talking that shit, Mary. Keep talking. Rip her weave uh, right off your fucking head, Slap bitch. the fucking blonde right off your fucking That's, youth looking at. Especially from the TV show. It's like, this, this little girl is kind of, kind of a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she does some, yeah, some definite fuckery. Uh, pa saw it all and uh, spanked Laura with a strap. Uh, Laura would go on hitting her prettier and better behaved sister, Mary. Okay. Yep. But she gets hers. In the yep. End. Fucking axe of God. <laughs> Is Laura like killer with an axe? No. The, oh, oh, act. Yeah, acts like, like, mm-hmm. like baby Jesus, like blinds her. Oh, well, that's nice. Spoiler mm-hmm. alerts. <laughs> <laughs> For a hundred year old book and a 50 year old show. <laughs> also in 1871, a massive deforestation. Results in hotter and drier temps around Wisconsinville, and they get a whole bunch of fires for some reason. Oh, wonderful. Along with Chicago burning down, too. That stupid cow. God damn that stupid cow. lantern. <laughs> Not the fact that everybody just has open flames in all their homes and are flicking cigars and cigarettes everywhere. So it's a false flag. It was a cow. Yep. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, closer to them, the whole town of Peshigo had burned. Uh, maybe 2,000 people dead from that. Jesus. Uh, but the kids were unaware of the rest of the state burning. They had their double cousins over. Like two-headed cousins? <laughs> no, remember the, the families, all the families oh, yeah, intermarried, yeah. so basically everybody's a double, double cousin. Double-stuffed double cousins? Oh, I see. It's like uh, you're, oh God, that sounds like a, nope. <laughs> That's right. exactly what I meant it to sound like. Because <laughs> I ran into, like, they had some uh, double-stuffed Oreos when oh, I was yeah. grocery shopping earlier today, but I could make that gross, so I did. Well, I was thinking of the, um, was it Patty Duke? Cousins. Identical cousins all the way. One pair of matching bookends, different as night and day. Where Kathy adores a minuet, 
the ballet roots and crepe Suzette. Our patty loves to rock and roll. A hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet. How that went? That's the show. They're identical cousins. I didn't have like Nickelodeon Do- that night. Gillis. Yep. Uh, so Pa would entertain everybody and tell them tales about bears and panthers and owls. And this one time there was wolves outside our house. And cool story, he, Pa. Excellent. And he played fiddle. Yep. Which I'm sure sounded it was per, probably perfectly in tune all the time. It was just devil went down to Georgia mm-hmm. over and over and over. <laughs> well, I, I have here the one of the songs was Money Musk and Red Heifer. Money Musk. <laughs> Money Musk. That's sounds weird. like a Dire Straits song. Yeah, I was gonna say money for musking in the <laughs> beef for free. And he'd rough free up beef? his hair and pretend to be a mad dog because he had hydrophobia well, he, or something. He, he, God, well, there was nothing Michael to do Landon out there. did play the original Teen Wolf, so like, oh yeah, tracks yeah. <laughs> he was the the Tiger Beat of his. Yes, he was like one of the first Tiger Beats. Michael Landon. Yeah, well, it was pictures of him actually beating a tiger. Yeah. Like a, was that when he was doing? Was that during Highway to Heaven? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also in 1873, the market crashed. That crush. It's almost like it's a fucking feature, not a bug. <laughs> it just kind of happens from time to time. Uh, the grain market was flooded because just everybody blew, uh, grew uh, wheat. Hey, I got wheat. a great idea. Let's go out and grow wheat like every fucking buddy else, with no good way to transport it to the major metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Charles and Caroline borrowed 250 bucks against their land with the uh, Pepin store owner. And in the fall of 1873, the Ingalls sold their land again. Laura said later, Pa was tired of too many people and lack of game. It's the, Sounds more Wisconsin's like he's, getting crowded. Well, he's there. making shit up. He's like, ah, I can't really hold a job and yeah. needing to hunt here. So, uh, fuck. So, in February 1874, they moved to Minnesota. Oh. And they were also, everybody was suffering from scarlet fever. Uh, Laura had a terrible earache. Aunt Eliza remembered old folk remedy. Dumped uh, a spider in her ear. Stuffed the ears with warm, fresh shorn wool from a black sheep, which is part Gotta of the witchcraft black. background. Yeah, I was say, what the like to hear deliciously? <laughs> so this is when the family goes to newly rebuilt New Ulm after the oh. Dakota burning everything, and Laura got her first taste of beer. Wasn't New what? Ulm the, was New Ulm the one where, like, yeah, it was like that full-on siege fight where they had, like, oh, cannons yeah, yeah. and shit? Yeah. yeah, they had barricaded the that town. That was and wild shit, yeah. Wait, wait, when she was there, or is this no, before that? like you said, five years before she was fucking born. Oh, gotcha. But when, gotcha. We did, when we did the Dakota Uprising, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the ones where it's like, holy fuck, like, the Indians are kind of using, like, sort of modern warfare tactics and shit. That's mm-hmm. right. So she drinks some beer at the beer garden. Yes. Next, they pass through Redwood County where uh, Myrick. There are, there, where there aren't any Redwoods? Yep. Myrick, the guy who said, let him eat shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where he died uh, 12 years earlier. So Charles finds a quarter section of land of Plum Creek, and there was already a dugout cabin there already. So mm. they move in. Uh, While the inhabitants were out hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, well. Thankfully, the, all the settlers were just killed ten yeah, yeah. years ago. So. Oh, you just had to sweep out an occasional scalp yeah. and some <laughs> right. shell casings. Well, they didn't really have shell casings, but yeah, wipe all the blood stains off the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Pa files a claim, but in order to get it, they have to stay there six months. But it, because it was near the railroad, unlike Wisconsin, they had to pay twice as much two dollars and fifty cents an acre. Ooh, railroad adjacent would cost you. Yep, but it'd be easier to ship your grain to market, which yeah. wasn't getting any money anyway. So. But it was two miles north of a town, Walnut Grove. Yep. Brand new town just being platted when they moved in. It was actually started before the uprising, but of course it had to be abandoned. 
the Ingalls pitch in and help build a church, a Union Congregational Church of Christ. Definitely need that before you get a hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reverend Ol- Edwin Alden was the minister who everybody liked, and Pa donated his boot money for a church bill. Yeah, I think they did that on the show, too. I his made it boot hurt money? My... Like, did he sell his boots? He was trying to get new boots because his old boots were hailed out. Oh, uh, okay. And he was, like, saving up boot money. I mean, self-explanatory, really. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure if it was just the money he kept in his boot or I... no, he sold his... a boot. No, he needed boots because he sucked and he was having a hard time plowing fields and shit with dog shit boots. Got it. Uh, but two other people had filed claims in the land, but they didn't make any improvements, so they didn't get to keep it. Probably for good reason, because in June 1873, a dark cloud was on the horizon, and it was moving towards them, and it was chewing. Is it locust? Yes. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. And it was chewing. <laughs> Just fucking dip, <laughs> dip in Copenhagen. Hi, man. <laughs> Big ass floating cupcake. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What could be stranger than a big, fat-ass, floating cupcake? Hey, how about one that spits tobacco? (laughs) See you around, buddy. (laughs) It sounded like a thousand scissors cutting and snipping. That sounds great. Yeah, well, that's, also that's like, New Melvin's well, album. Well, it's Gemstones. Oh, also. oh yeah, that they did. Oh, that. that's right, they did do that. Yeah, uh, farmers fired guns at the locust cloud, built barricades, and started fires and clubbed them off. And a month later, they had totally eaten everything. Yeah, and they march off. Well, I think we did a locust one before, haven't we? No, I'm working on one right oh. now. So, like, yeah, well, maybe we probably mentioned them. Before. I know they would eat like fucking saddle leather and shit. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, the good thing is that when they move on, you think it's over. But no, they laid their eggs, eggs, and then mm-hmm. next spring they come come crawling back. Right, you got to yep. salt the earth. Mm-hmm. It's what plants crave. Salt. It's got electrolytes. Yeah. It is electrolytes. Mm-hmm. So all of Redwood County was destroyed, but not everywhere else because they're kind of like it's like a tornado. So yeah. the wind will blow them, and they'll sit down for a while, and then that gets destroyed. But not not everybody. Well, yeah, they'll pick back up well, and skip little, over another part. Little mm-hmm. little side note, you know. People get surprised often when they come visit, like, the Great Plains and, like, especially North Dakota. And sometimes I think there's more fucking seagulls out there than there is here. Mm-hmm. And the the uh, the theory is that the, how the seagulls kind of made their way out there is they followed the locust swarms. Mm-hmm. And then when they ran out of locusts, they just were like, well, fuck, how do we get back? And it's, oh, cool, there's humans and they have garbage. Let's just eat that. Mm-hmm. Now they're called prairie gulls. Mm-hmm. And mount, mountain goals. Mountain goals. Well, that's the Rocky Mountain locust. No, Rocky Mountain oysters. Yep. And nobody knows why they disappeared. Speculate because they ate everything. Because they, they ate everything for about 20 years, yeah. and that's that's about it. But we'll do a whole one on them. Yay. We'll try to <laughs> fundraise so we can get InGen to clone us those those poor extinct locusts. Like, <laughs> re- re- rewild them. <laughs> but only 2% of the total Minnesota crop was destroyed. So the next spring, uh, Pa went again to planting, and he thinks the locusts have moved on, but nope, they leave behind all the eggs. Ha ha! And as he was plowing, he saw them all come back, but the government didn't care, because this is kind of an isolated incident. That's got to be kind of disturbing. You're like running the plow, and there's just like little grasshoppers fucking coming up every time just you pop turn over the yeah. yeah. So only $5,000 were allotted for relief from the Minnesota government there. Just let them eat locusts. Uh, General Sibley, the great Indian fighter, was called out of retirement to help. Uh, what, to fight the locusts? Getting too old for this shit. (laughs) 
Well, basically, you get a drought because it cut down all the trees, yep. and then now you get the locusts a few years later. All and right. then later, much later, you keep doing fucking around, finding out, and you get the actual dust bowl from and from plowing up all the shit. And mm-hmm. the, you know, so in 1875, Charles uh, reads in the paper, all the locusts are gone. It's okay to plant again, so he does. He makes improvements to land, new buildings, etc. He's feeling cocky, locust cocky, and he took advantage of the Timber Culture Act. So the law let uh, let settlers get another 160 acres if they planted trees on it. He did that, and by June there was a bumper crop of wheat, and Pa said it was a wonderful crop. Then he heard his neighbor outside say, the grasshoppers are coming. Oh, God. <laughs> so now this is the swarm that was the largest in recorded history. It was called Albert's Swarm. Wait, this one's bigger than the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, just wait for it. A Nebraska meteorologist named Albert Child measured the locust cloud for 10 days. He figured out the cloud was 110 miles wide, 1,800 <laughs> miles long. Holy fuck. Uh, three quarters of a mile in depth. The wind was blowing 10 miles an hour, and the locusts were moving 15 miles an hour. So it would eventually cover 198,000 square miles. Jesus. That is the size of Connecticut, Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont. You can just say the East Coast. (laughs) The size of the East Coast. (laughs) Or 3.5 trillion grasshoppers. Mm, Like you said. God damn. Got to figure out how to make something people want out of grasshoppers. Yeah, no shit, dude. You got to figure out how to eat them. Other than not, well, I mean, you can do that. Let's say you start netting them like fucking shrimp. I think there is, you know, the problem with some, I don't know about the Rocky Mountain locusts, but, you know, there's some grasshoppers that are plenty edible and, you know, in fact, people quite enjoy them. And then there's some that give off kind of a bitter, nasty flavor. And I think there's some that are flat out poisonous. So depends on. I'm, I'm thinking they tend towards the more bitter because they're Happy that the chickens were eating it, and then when they go to eat the chickens, it was like, ooh. Yeah, they, oh good. yeah, I forgot about that. The chickens started tasting like fucking butt. Mm-hmm. So they would eat everything in their path, uh, sweat-stained handles of farm implements, wool off a sheep. God so uh, they would also form pontoons of themselves to cross creeks. Oh, ants do that shit down yep. in South America too, yeah. Uh, so farmers would cover gardens in gunny sacks and watch just And they'd the eat lo- the gunny sack. Yep, exactly. Uh, they ate onions from the inside. Oh, that's- Blooming onion from hell. And, of course, when they would die, they would pollute all the wells and creeks. Uh-huh. And they ate clothes off of people. Uh, some creative creative farmers made hopper dozers. Oh, I've heard about that. Hopper dozer? It's just a kill dozer, but for hoppers. Right, it, it, right. It, But the problem is they get, like, overwhelmed by the sheer amount of goopy bug oh, shit. Oh, yeah, the fucking, mm-hmm. all the, yeah. Oh, oh, God like, tra- trains had a hard time moving on tracks. They'd get so fucking mm-hmm, mucked up so with slippery. guts. Yep. So it's basically sheet metal drenched in tar. But once we get to the Locust yeah. episode, there's all sorts of great inventions to try to get rid of them. Yeah, because there was a thing, maybe the, the hopper was maybe not what I was thinking. I thought there was something, too, that was like just pretty much like bats, you know, like a, like a almost like a paddle wheeler spinny thing that would like smush them. But no, just, yeah, yeah. So Pa went out and set fire to the berms of straw and manure to smoke out the locust. And that didn't work, obviously. Uh, by noon the second day, Pa returned, eyes red from smoke and no sleep, no food, and Caroline was preggers again. From the she, locusts? Yep. Damn them locusts. <laughs> Have your baby eaten. Your, oh, God. That's, that's <laughs> worse inside. than the Skagway baby dog. <laughs> Jesus. De- so he died 1881, locust. French baby from hotel, eaten by locusts. <laughs> so by the third day, they marched directly over the house, just covered and Ma oh, had insulation. to close the windows on the other side. It was they ate the windows. Mm-hmm. 
$200 million in damage or $116 billion today. And then Robin's Minstrels. And the Minnesota government gave uh, $20,000 in, in aid for the farmers and extended the deadline for the, taxes. The money was eaten by the locusts. Yeah. <laughs> the whole federal government gave $100,000 for the West in, in total. Uh, newspapers back east said, just eat the bugs. You'll yeah, let, let them eat cake kind of mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> let them eat bug cake? Yeah. Mm. And before Minnesota would give out any aid, they had to make the settlers prove that were, they were totally bereft and they before they got any money. So I'm grovel, sitting, grovel I'm sitting, I'm sitting here naked except for the uh, <laughs> the uh, loin, loin, loin cloth I made out of uh, like out of locust bugs. chitin. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a chainmail yeah, situation. Right. Uh, so they would have to sell whatever livestock they had left just to get aid. Mostly locusts. Mm-hmm. Counties put up flyers to oh, oh they put up bounties on the locusts too. So you'd get five cents a quart. Ooh. Caught and delivered dead. They wanted them dead. I would just uh, send somebody down to Texas to wrangle up a bunch of tarantulas and just unleash that so you'd have tarantula on locust, like, cockfighting. Oh, that, sure. That you just kind of start, like, an Atlantic, Atlantic City betting shit, like, you know, place your bets, it's Texas Furry Joe versus the Horde, you know. <laughs> like, uh, when they used to do, like, they'd take a rat terrier and they'd mm-hmm. release a bunch of rats, and how many rats can the oh, right. rat terrier kill? Well, you just get, like, you know, some tarantulas and do that with locusts. Fuck yeah. See, problem solved. Nothing bad's gonna happen. <laughs> nope. So definitely rem- won't have tarantulas like eating your chickens and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So remember this for later if if the government would have helped these people at the time. Okay. Because later in life, Laura becomes very anti-government. Oh yeah. And very anti-helping people with the government. But if they would have helped her, also, well, we'll get into that. She later. gets very Randian. Hmm. Ain, ain, Ayn Randian. Randian. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So Pa has to sell his horses and walk 200 miles to southeast Minnesota, where the farms didn't get hit, you to work there. You just fucking tie fishing line to about a 10,000 locust and put a, a folding chair on it like the balloon guy. Yeah. <laughs> like worst Santa Claus ever. <laughs> I was going to say Santa, fucking bug Santa. On Pepe and Cletus and how many other fucking names? And on, uh... <laughs> it is I, Uncle Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> From Bronson Swagger Brand Pervert Video Collection comes Laura Ingalls Wilder Gone Wild. Yes, it's 53 minutes of the hottest 1800s preteen girls gone wild. Look at the bonnets. Look at the prairie dresses that go all the way down to the ankle. And trigger girls. The teasing. I heard the good news. Uh, what good news? About your mother's first husband. He's out of jail now. The animal abuse. Stay away from her. Don't touch my horse. Not hurting anything. I said, stay away from her. Don't do that. She's my horse and I'll do as I please. You won't get anywhere being mean to her. I know how to handle a horse. These girls are so wasted, they just fall down that hill. And look at the size of the cock on Laura's mare. That's Laura Ingalls' Wilder Gone Wild. If you jerk off to this, you should be on an FBI list. Send $69.99 to Laura Ingalls, Wilder Gone Wild, P.O. Box 69, Pebble, Colorado, 82069-0069. Be quiet, Nelly. Go ahead. Smoke it. This. Yes. 
So Paul has to work uh, at other farms, and then he comes back, and then they finally move to town. Then uh, they finally get a boy, too. Remember the yeah. The, Mom was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Frederick was okay. Born. They don't like go into town and get a boy. They well, the lo- they have they a son. the locusts kind of storked one on their on their <laughs> uh, on their hearth. They ate everything we owned, but they dropped they, this boy they, off. They dropped a nine pound six ounce baby boy. <laughs> they called him Freddie. And November thirtieth, Charles swore that he was entirely without means, so the county gave him two and a half barrels of flour. Which is worth five dollars and twenty five cents. Oh, right. fantastic! Welfare queen. Well, like that's see, that's our uh, uh, fucking the sugar bucket. So, oh yeah, the sugar bucket volume. You know, that's, the sugar bucket we that's, gave that's, away. That's, the about the, that's about the right exchange rate. Yeah, yep. there you go. I'm just imagining like scooping up all these fucking locusts and then like mixing mixing them with um, like uh, panko and and eggs. Yeah, making little cakes out of them. A little, like uh, uh, egg foo young yeah. situation. I'm just picturing like yeah, they, they sit there and bake in the sun and then rot. And oh boy, that had to be like um, fucking Omaha Beach smelling fucking uh, tide oh. is out all the time <laughs> on the Great Plains. Squish, squish, crunch, crunch, crunch. Mm-hmm. So later in Laura's uh, autobiography, she tells a story about uh, the neighbor's toddler wanted her favorite doll, even though she was older. And then her mom makes her give away her favorite doll, oh, which is probably made out of corn, corn and, and then locusts. Yeah, just a fucking locust, locust with a like a hanky made into a little dress. <laughs> but later she finds that the the neighbors this is probably all made up. The neighbor's toddler had thrown her favorite doll in a mud puddle. That's why you don't give the ungrateful charity. little bastards. Mm-hmm. Wow. But Laura hated the children of the merchants in Walter Walnut Grove. <laughs> she was a hateful young and woman. And she swore her revenge. <laughs> well, and on the show they, they, they that's a. Uh, uh, I don't know if this is based on a real person, but the Nelly, like the exactly. the, the, the storekeepers, is that a real person? Because mm-hmm. in the show, she's the fucking antichrist. She is the worst. Be quiet, Nelly. The fuck, and her little brother's dumb, but he's not quite as mean. Yeah, she is. Fuck, she doesn't ever do a redeeming fucking thing in the whole sh- shit. Sometimes she gets like her comeuppance, like Laurel punch her or something, or pull her hair. <laughs> But usually doesn't really get in any trouble and definitely doesn't fucking learn anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus Christ. Oh, she's the, I, I, that's kind of why I had to stop watching it during lockdown because I was getting so, so irrationally mad at this preteen girl that's, bit, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, I'm imagining you just I drunk would, as I hell. Would, I would kick that child. Fuck you, dumb bitch. Like, no empty beer cans on TV. Yep. <laughs> so that was Nellie Owens and her brother Willie. Yes. Those are the real life versions. So they flaunted their wealth by eating the store candy right in front of the other oh, and other children and not that. sharing. Same with their toys too. Well, that and their, they uh, ate their toys. Yes, in front of the children. <laughs> Look how many toys I have! I can just eat these. Oh, right. God, I'm confused. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> but later, Laura would get back her back at her by terrorizing Nellie with leeches. <laughs> just Which, play with leeches. Or witchcraft, blood magic, Nellie. Have you heard of blood magic? <laughs> Let me see your hairbrush, Nelly. <laughs> but in 1876, they hoped again the locusts would be gone, but in spring they hatch again. Fuck. Feed them the candy. And the girls would trample them on, on, on the way to school, and they would crawl up their dresses and spit brown tobacco juice on them. That's the bitter like part. A, yep. Like the, a big, the, big ass flying you ever a gra- I know we don't have a lot of grasshoppers. No, in I'm just Washington. imagining these little girls chewing tobacco, spitting tobacco. No, the locusts are. Oh, oh, oh. Because when it. you grab a grasshopper, they yeah, exude they this blood. No, they they spit black shit out of their mouth. Oh, what? To t- it's fucking gross. I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next time, I, you very rarely. 
I've seen two in Seattle, and I'm pretty sure they were probably like came off a semi that came off I ninety that sure. came off you know from the dryer parts. But there was a big fucking one over by that Russian Orthodox Church over by REI. Yeah, yeah. Because I you, you, growing up in the Great Plains, you hear them all. You know, they, some places they sound kind of like rattlesnakes. They they make a distinctive sound when flying around. Mm-hmm. And I heard that sound, and I'm you know in downtown Seattle, I was like, wait, what? Is there grasshoppers or like? And they're usually pretty well camouflaged too. But sure as shit, there was about three foot. They're three foot, three <laughs> three inch long hopper. He was, he was he was missing a leg, but I bet he was on like a load of hay or something from Eastern mm-hmm. Washington or from sure, Montana. Sure. You know, whoa! You kept him as a pet. I did not. I no. actually I was I tried to catch him and then he kind of like flew into kind of like a traffic area and I thought it would be stupid to run into traffic <laughs> to chase after a fucking grasshopper. You're correct, like Lenny from fucking Mice and Men. So. I'm just imagining the girls walking to school and like, you know, like I, I walked to school quite a few times out here in Western Washington and, you know, you stomp in mud puddles and you got boots on. Yeah. I imagine them just like instead of rain coming down, it's like grasshoppers and they're just yeah. fucking mud puddles filling up with grasshoppers and grasshopper black shit that comes out of their mouth and grasshopper and squish splashing your, in the grasshopper mud puddle. Getting in your grasshopper <laughs> in your long pioneer girl hair. Well, they had bonnets and shit, I suppose. But. Yeah. Getting the government did nothing. Uh, the new governor was John Sargent Pillsbury. Yep. Who would later right. make the Doughboy. That's right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Pillsbury is a uh, fucking men in a soul to comp. Yeah. It probably related. Though his rent was paid by the government, he warned farmers against weakening the habit of self-reliance. Oh, yeah. But, Pull yourself up from your boot by your bootstraps, well, you sons of bitches. I had just wrote uh, the grasshoppers ate their bootstraps. Yeah. And that's another thing I did notice about the show. Is it, they do literally have boots, like, you don't think about it a lot, but, you know, how do you get your stupid cowboy boots on, you know, because they're knee high. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they have the big stupid straps hanging off the sides, so they did Did he ever pull himself on. up? No, because that's, that, that, that whole phrase is meant to be something that can't be achieved. Yeah, no shit. Because it caused you to levitate if you're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Exactly, But yeah. since people that tried to tell you to do that are fucking morons, yeah. it, it, they think it means, like, self-reliance. It, it literally doesn't, it means, like... Go fuck yourself. It's pretty much let them eat cake. It's totally, yeah. way of saying that. Yeah, it's like when a cartoon character like is trying to open a door and they're standing on the door, yeah. pulling the doorknob. It's like, yeah, that's no. But Charles had had enough of these grasshoppers. Yeah. So. Laura made it sound like he had a choice, but they really didn't. So he files the paperwork with the land, finally pays it off for $431. Well, I thought he was going to consult a wizard and have winter come early and freeze him <laughs> out. <laughs> and then turns around and sells it for 400 Oh. <laughs> then they moved 200 miles east of Burr Oak, Iowa, mm. and they would partner up with another couple from Walnut Grove to run a hotel. When they say Burr Oak, all I can think <laughs> of is uh, Deadwood when uh, Joni's looking to, they were trying to build a school for the kids instead of using the bordello, but he's like, oh yeah, they bought this building off, she called it a Norweger, so Norwegian, <laughs> which I found fucked up. But yeah. yeah. It's like, it's even got a little, it's got a tree. Uh, growing out the middle, and he used to make syrup with it, which must taste like hell because it's a burr oak. <laughs> you know, just, you know, yeah. That's that's the only thing I know about burr oaks. I guess is Joni Stubbs talking about one while being racist towards Norwegians. Also, like when you said that they teamed up with another couple to get a hotel, I'm just like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> Call me Pa Pa Ingles. <laughs> what's your angle, Ingle? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, what's that? Uh, Perone's disease. Like Perone's disease. There's a lot of commercials. Do you have a weird bend in your dick? And it's illustrated <laughs> oh, the, the carrot. Yeah, yeah, the carrot commercial. That's what his angle is. <laughs> Forty-five degrees. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it targets the G spot like a fucking heat seeking <laughs> missile, you know. <laughs> fucking laser guided cock, this one. Uh, Laura was nine at the time. I just want to throw that in. After. <laughs> Good timing. Well, I was only picturing Ma and Pa teaming up with the other couple. Yeah. Uh-huh. The kids are out there playing locust game. They're playing like Green Army Man with locust carcasses. On the way, they helped their brother Peter Ingalls. Uh, uh, hey, so what's your Peter Ingalls? Earned some money from him. <laughs> then in August, uh, baby Freddie got sick and died at age nine Damn months. It. They hated to leave him behind, but they had to go run that hotel in Burr Oak. Oh. Uh, Burr Oak wasn't as nice and new as Walnut Grove. It was old and dirty. There, the kids get to see drunkenness and wife beating. Oh, good. And measles. And the strange behavior of a child idiot. <laughs> strange behavior of a child idiot what would that what sitcom would that have been like small small wonder or small like, wonder oh man it sounds like a Brady like a, Bunch when they got the, I mean, the cousin the one cousin oh like the redheaded stepchild yeah like, oh. literally I was thinking of like a channel 13 or like Q, Q13 uh, biopic about like fucking George W. Bush or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Republican okay. babies. That's a good one. Uh, the hotel job wasn't great either. Instead of partners, they were bossed around by the other couple. Ooh. They were British, William and Mary Stedman. I guess they're British. Yeah. Uh, who bought the hotel and traded places with the former owners. See, trading places back to the sitcoms. The Masters, who then moved to Walnut nope, Grove. We don't, we don't call Masters. Nope. Uh, the Masters moved because they want to get their son out of the saloon that was next door to the hotel. <laughs> oh, so they own they own the hotel. Hired, they traded it, traded it. So they got to get their son away from that place because mm-hmm. he otherwise he's going to get fucked up all the time. Kids and they're running a poker game and doing the doing the Wyatt Herb. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, hands there, Mister. I'm just imagining he's like twelve or thirteen. Why, Johnny Tyler, where are you going with that shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> so that son, Will Masters, he left his mark behind on the hotel by drunkenly firing at his wife and leaving the bolt holes in the door frame. You fucking ate right, he did. <laughs> Now it's sounding like a Western. It's like, I fucking signed them, too. <laughs> JM. So Laura and Mary get to wash dishes. Uh, they hated Stedman's son, Johnny. Stedman's son. Who pinched Stedman. them and broke their toys. Fucking bastard. <laughs> pinched them and broke their toys? What a fucking dick. Yeah. Uh, uh, they get to go to school there. Their teacher was- It's because he likes you, sweetie. Don't <laughs> let it bother you. Their teacher there was William Reed, who was 16. Yep. Who was <laughs> teased by the larger and older students? Yeah. <laughs> well, students are older than him. Well, you got the fourth year freshman sitting there that's already been like a lumberjack and a fucking <laughs> pulling a minecart for his dad. Right. You know? <laughs> Look at Captain yeah. Nerd over here. Yeah, fucking all this book learning. Yeah. Look at me, I can read. You even lift, bro. <laughs> So Reed made an example out of one of the students and paddled him, him. <laughs> but he didn't get to come back after yeah. that paddling, I guess. Uh, uh, Reed didn't get to come back? Nope. So no more school. Oh, shit. So I hope School's he's, out. I hope yep. he's going to riddle him with bullets. Uh, in Christmas, Mary and Laura were promised presents by a neighbor for watching her baby. But <laughs> Check out my baby. Yep. Xmas came, out, uh, came and went without any of the presents. So they set fire to the local saloon. But they did get the presents of measles. Oh. Oh. That's the gift that keeps on giving. And Johnny Stedman comes over and pinches them while they're bedridden. <laughs> I hope f- he catches measles and fucking <laughs> dies. Know, shit. Like pinches a 
oozing lesion. <laughs> oh, God. Becomes Lick, licks his hand. What is this? Over here pa- pinching fucking patient zero and shit <laughs> and then going to church. <laughs> yep. But he does get measles from pinching them. So yeah, they, fuck they, you, man. <laughs> they were happy about that. Well, it's like the uh, chicken pox part. They're like, oh, everybody share the popsicle. Like trying to get all yeah, your yeah. kids with chicken pox. I, I, I did that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Ma was pregnant. still got too. shingles. I still got shingles. Oh, man. Uh, so the Stedmans cheated him out of their share. And so they have to move above the grocery store across the street. And Pa finds work at a feed mill. Uh, the saloon also catches on fire. Oh, you're right. The saloon will there's, burn. There's going to be a saloon fire. <laughs> it was caused by the store owner living downstairs who was dragging his wife around by the hair. What the fuck? Drunk in the middle of the night. Oh, they're just square dancing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now drag your partner around do, and around. Do the toxic walls. Slam <laughs> your partner against all walls. <laughs> I never did make. Uh, I, I I did write a, a, a country song like Pentagram Square Dance or something. Like okay, that, but I never got around to it. Uh, he was also carrying around a lantern, and uh, well, yeah, you got to see while you're, you know, mm-hmm. committing your, your fucking domestic wife. abuse. Yeah, but he was carrying it upside down, and it caught his hand on fire. I was going to say that. Fuck? Well, he was really drunk. <laughs> Holy shit! I have a hard time like plop, plopping mine open to like blow it out and shit. You know, like. I ah, mean, damn. I'm, I'm they just, put on some BTUs. I'm impressed. Like, how did you do that? Uh, not long after the fire started, started a man named Hairpin. <laughs> he was bent. <laughs> He awoke from a three-day drunk. He's, I guess he's passed out in the bar. That, oh, guy, had, that guy had a really angled penis. Well, no, that was his posture from being drunk. Oh. <laughs> you know, he's doubled over like sure, a hairpin. Yeah. Yeah. So he swigged some more liquor, lit a cigar, inhaled the flames, and fell I over I was going to say, he, he did a puff the magic dragon in reverse. <laughs> he flamethrowered his own fucking avioli. And uh, bronchial passages. Jesus. So after that, Pa vows never to live next door to a saloon. Or drink kerosene. <laughs> Fuck. You got to put your cigarette out before you huff well, paint, dude. Well, at least you know you're getting your money. Your money's worth of that fucking liquor. Jesus. <coughs> Damn. Uh, 80% volume alcohol. Spring 1877, the Engels moved to a brick house on the outskirts of town. It's a brick. I was just going to say. Uh, May 23rd, Grace Pearl was born. Uh, Laura knew the family had money troubles. Imagine that. So she took it upon herself to sell the baby. So the doctor's wife, who... They owed money from because of this pregnancy. Asked to adopt Laura. Her daughters were grown and needed help around the house. Oh, that's not adoption. That's service. Sla- yeah. <laughs> but Caroline declined this. Yeah, this, this oh, one. good. I'd prefer my daughter didn't become your fucking property, you asshole. But they thought about it, though. Yeah. Uh, pa tried to negotiate with the landlord. Uh, he said he'd pay them what they own after they left. I'm glad you <laughs> pay you <laughs> on Tuesday for a hamburger today. Yeah, I say that, that works great at Denny's. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to go home and then I'll pay you. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the landlord was pissed and threatened to seize their horsies. Those are IOUs, sir. So in the fall, Charles wakes up the kids in the middle of the night. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> oh, they don't really show that on the show. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. This is how you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This is becoming some trailer park boy shit real quick. (laughs) So they get back to Walnut Grove, which is not much better, and they get to stay with friends, though. Now I'm imagining a pa with a goatee. He's just got a rum and coke in his hand with a black t-shirt on. Listen, Bobs. Hear that? Sounds of the whispering winds of shit. Uh, pa gets odd jobs. Laura's uh, riding around on her fucking mare with a dick, throwing bottles at everything. (laughs) What kind of odd jobs does Pa get? Uh, lumber guy. Uh, uh, I was thinking, like, 
a blowjob with well, with wearing a clown mask or on something. the show. Oh, yeah. On yeah. the show, one of my favorite episodes is when they got a whole uh, nitroglycerin in a wagon for the railroad or something, and you know they got all this nitroglycerin packed Whoa. in like hay, and they've got guys out like any little rut or bump on the uh, on the trail, they're like clearing it, so you're just creeping along in this wagon, and of course. I can't remember if the horses freak out or the wagon comes loose or some you know shenanigans. Oh sure, and, shit, shit goes down. Yeah, yeah. MacGyver fucking covered that episode right. as well. So Charles gets to build a little house in a pasture, not in a prairie. Damn it! That belonged to William Masters, the drunk son. Oh, from the guy because they trade yeah, yeah. places, and he goes to work for him as a carpenter in the new hotel. Carpentor. Uh, and of course, when they're back there, they get to go to school with their evil nemesis Nellie Owens. Oh yeah. And school was taught by Samuel Masters, who is Will's brother. They called him Uncle Sam. Oh, there you go. He was tall, bald, and had bad breath and fondled the girl's hands. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. There's there's our Mr. Leahy courier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Laura stabbed him with a pin when... So at least, you know, that, that that's when yeah. you get to be a little brat is, is if you're almost getting yeah. molested. And like I'm, I'm for that. Laura on the show, like I said, she do, she does acts of violence on people, but in most cases, it is either defensive or uh, in defense of some other kid or yeah, reaction. Usually warranted. Mm-hmm. Violence but, is never warranted, Tony. <laughs> but Uncle Sam, the the I think it, it also says that he uh, like scratches his head with the dandruff and then uses the pointer and the oh uh, and, well he's electric Uncle Sam because he's building mm-hmm. up sta- static. Oh yeah, like, oh. but he stops the molesting after that. So. Uh, Good to know he turned over a new leaf, huh? Laura also makes enemies with Genevieve, who is Samuel's daughter. Oh, this still must be the the, the teacher. He dressed in the coolest new clothes like and lisp. Zuba pants. And cried pathetically when crossed, like most people in Zubas. Uh, he was born in New York and called the others Westerners. Oh, wow. And, of course, Laura plays Nellie and Genevieve off each other, trying to throw allegiance to the other so they get into fight. Uh, Mean, mean prairie wives of the Walnut Grove, mm-hmm. or like, uh, what is it? Uh, yep, so she's kind of playing them until one day they were fighting over Laura and her favor. Oh, oh so she's, so she's, she's coming the pack, the pack enemies leader. against each other. Yeah, so. yeah, it's mean girl shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Laura, isn't it so horrible that Nelly? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Walnut Grove finally gets a bar, and it's run by their old neighbor, Alec Nelson. Also, a divorced woman opened a milliner shop. Ooh. A what shop? Hats. Selling <laughs> fucking hats. Okay. Scandal! Woman sells hats. Divorced woman divorced sells hats. Divorced woman. She's a witch. Uh, of course, Ma says she was gloomy, so that's what divorce does to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Must be an awful, awful thing. <laughs> better than being beaten by your drunk fucking husband. <laughs> uh, Laura washed dishes at the Master's Hotel and watched their baby. That was the couple who left the bullets, yeah, right. bullets behind in Iowa. Uh, Master's sister's Maddie was waited on by the staff in the hotel, and she was keen to get a quarter. I guess she's marrying age, so she must be 14 or whatever. Uh, she had her eyes on Dr. Robert Hoyt. She was nearly outdueled by Fanny Starr. Okay. Now, these are ladies dueling each other yeah. for this rich doctor. Also, Fanny Starr sounds like a like a... 1800s like porno. Well, it's like Bell Star's sister. That oh, was I guess Fanny Star was the the doc's wife that tried to adopt Laura. Oh, sure. the oh, other sure, doctor's okay. wife. The two docs knew each other, and Hoyt might have been engaged to Fanny at some point. But Maddie Master won out. This is all oh, very, she's this, the master. Basically, that's what a lot of little houses is just gossip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, doc Hoyt sh- shit talking your neighbors, or in a lot of cases, like you know, the, they'd always like. 
the life lesson where like you know like Laura's terrified of the I don't know like some of an, of a different ethnicity or something and then they're right. like oh well, we we kind of Jesus says we gotta judge everybody by their character right or, not by the you know whatever right so Doc Hoyt after marrying into the master household told Willmaster to get drunk as often as possible yes because he hoped he would drink himself to death and then he could inherit the hotel wow that's Real good subterfuge you're using there. I like your master plan. <laughs> but Literally. Fi- yeah. But five months into the marriage, Maddie was the one who got sick and died. Oh. oh. So Laura had all the gossip for working at this hotel because she slept at it when she worked over there during the summer. Uh, one night she awoke to see uh, Will Masters drunk and looming over her. Oh, oh no, 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 no. She threatened to scream and he backed off and another molestation avoided. Hey. There you go. In 1879, Charles was made Walnut Grove's first justice of the peace. It did require you to be able to read, but no law training. So basically, he. No. he yeah. Oh, did he already have to? Did he already know how to read, or did the residents all have to come together and give him a training montage on <laughs> reading? Is that uh, just uh, the karate kid? Yeah, yeah, it's just everybody trying to sound out the Bible all together. <laughs> Writing but shit he's, on a, he's also got like a, a eight year old on his back, and he's like he's like fucking right. running while they got the Bible in front of him, right? The headband so, on. So of course, you know, there's no they they have court in their front room, basically. Yeah. Uh, so Laura gets to see all this stuff play out, even more good gossip. But still, Ingalls struggled with money. Uh, that winter, the Ingalls kids were taken out of school because they didn't have warm clothes to leave the house. In April, Mary got a headache that just wouldn't go away. Damn it. Part of her face became paralyzed. And she was confined to bed. Well, there's your problem. By June, she got better, but her vision was affected. She probably had a stroke and brought on by the measles. And she's like, what, like 16? Mm, yeah, something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> then Jesus. she goes blind. Oh, shit. So Laura gets to be the eyes from now on. So Pa takes a job with the railroad and would send for him later on. But then the Dakota boom was on. Yep. So does Laura, like, fuck with her at all? Just be like, you going to take a step, there's a curb right there. Oh, and you stepped in cow shit. Yep. That's why they fall down the hill at the beginning of the ah. show, right? They're just doing parkour before oh. it was developed that well. It's hard to do that in a pioneer girl dress. Mm-hmm. How do you know? I'm just going to assume. <laughs> okay. So why was there a bunch of empty land now since the Dakota boom? What happened in 1876? Yeah. The... We always ask you the same fucking question, man. Sand Creek Massacre. No. God damn it. Little Bighorn. Yes. Yep. Okay. Even though everybody knew it was probably a little bit too dry for farming. Even... uh, Hey, tell that to current North Dakota now Mm -hmm. that we... Yeah. Yep. They have all that Cargill Roundup wheat and... Yep, yep. Thank Uh, goodness. Monsanto... One-armed uh, John Wesley Powell gave a speech in uh, 1877. He said less than 3% of the West was actually farmable. I think he misunderstood And Powell's plan was to give more acres to the settlers, but only for grazing. And four square miles farmed into a co-op and organized these around some irrigation. Sounds like communism. Yep. That's why it didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you said more acres, like it just reminded me of, uh, of uh, that fucking, that, that line from uh, Last Action Hero. Yeah. Yeah. So more acres is a second kick yeah. in nuts. <laughs> or it's two guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. But this idea was co-opted, not by the co-op, by but the Mennonites. by the big business people oh. who made all the bonanza farms there, which kind of started out in the Red River Valley. We're growing so many bonanzas. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, there used to be a lot of bonanzas in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty mediocre steakhouse, but good salad bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> in 1873, a single farmer in Fargo got uh, 1,600 Yay. bushels out of 40 acres. I, I was born in Fargo. Where's my bushels? Oh, well, this is when they start getting uh, some real technology is the 1870s. Is like machinery? Like yep. a threat. Actual, <laughs> actual machinery. All the threshing machines that you see on all the hilltops, mm-hmm. like people that haul up there. That we used to call dinosaurs when we were little kids because they were weird shaped. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. But investors noticed this. But in the panic of 1873, the railroad sold off a lot of land and several bondholders could get huge tracks in the Red River Valley. It was also the start of monoculture and the start of big scale industrial farming, yeah. too. And, and, and it hasn't changed since, except for they added oil in there. Mm hmm. So Bonanza Farms were able to work because investors with huge monies could buy all this new equipment and make more yield. Mm-hmm. In 1879, 2.9 million bushels of wheat were grown in Dakota Territory. That's peanuts to compare to today. Yep. More than half of it came from the Red River Valley. Still does. What they didn't tell everybody, that the Red River Valley was actually fertile and not as dry as the rest of everywhere else in the yeah. West. Like I say, go, go out by Dickinson and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, boosters called it the Nile of the West. Yeah, because they're probably all the denial crocodiles and mm-hmm. the Cleopatra hanging out at the saloon. Uh, farmer magazines were more realistic. They said a farmer that farmed a few hundred acres could spend sixteen thousand dollars just for land and equipment, and another fifty thousand over the next four years. So you can mm-hmm. see why big companies took this over. What did they put in the centerfolds? Uh, threshing machines. Threshing. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, the yeah. ladies of threshing. Eighteen. Eighteen eighty. Look at them ankles. God damn. There was no ankles. <laughs> Nobody had or ankles. Or like, back look then? at her sturdy forearms. Would be about as like uh, <laughs> now the now the centerfolds are like insecticides. And it's like ooh, this mm, is, ooh, pretty much. Or if you get the beef ones, it's uh, ear tags and brisket tags. <laughs> so, ooh, check out the stern look on that lady. Yeah, that's that's more what you're going. It's just so, all it's all Emily Dickinson with uh, with pitchfork or with a hay fork in her hand <laughs> next to a big steam powered fucking machine. Hell yeah. So do you think Paul had fifty thousand dollars to sink into a farm? Oh, I'm sure he'd been saving up his boot money. He probably didn't have $16. Yeah. Papers called uh, John Wesley Paul an ass for, for all this, and they said rain would follow the plow, and like the railroad, too. Oh, yeah, that was another good, oh, wow. that was a good belief. Rain that, will follow the plow. Yep, mm-hmm. some straight up uh, chemtrails, only it's like you plow and it will, the rain will know to come, or it releases, I don't even know if they thought it was releasing water vapor out of the ground or what. But they no, just, it's white Jesus will see you doing hard work yeah, and yeah. reward you with water from the sky. Mm-hmm. So this time, the Ingalls only have to move 100 miles to South Dakota, mm-hmm. but it was right around the 100th meridian, which they always say is where it gets, starts to get dry. And, yeah. But even the 100 miles from Dickinson to Bismarck was a lot drier, too. Oh, so. fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, right where it stopped raining, uh, they moved past where towns didn't exist anymore. Oh, this is where they... Actually, no towns existed in the first place. Yeah. Sorry. But they weren't alone because they came to a railroad camp, and they moved into a new shanty built by railroad shanty. workers. Shanty. And Laura helps cook for the crew. That's basically their job. Was it uh, 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 some fava beans in her nice shanty? And, of course, the railroad workers have plenty of drama for, for Laura to eavesdrop and gossip about, Yeah, they're too. constantly blowing off each other's legs and faces. Mm-hmm. And you got uh, old uh, Phineas Gage with his pipe oh, stick in his head. Yeah, the tube in his head. <laughs> so this is Pa's job is to watch this little railroad depot. So the railroads were always late on paying the workers. And the company store always kept them in debt, so Charles had to face down some angry mobs every once in a while who wanted to loot the store. Uh, in December 1879, the grading stopped and the workers left to go back east because it's winter. 
Charles was hired as a caretaker for the winter. Oh, fuck, it's The Shining. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they get to say at the surveyor's house, which was nicer than a shanty. Yeah, it was a double-wide shanty. So basically, uh, it was just them and one other guy named Walter Ogden who kept the oxen. That, but no, they're just the Ogden oxen. Yep. Uh, later, there comes Edwin Allen, their old pastor from uh, Walnut Grove, Minnesota. But he was sent west to plant churches. Plant churches, not wheat. Well, yeah, churches. yeah, he was the Johnny Appleseed of fucking churches, Tony. <laughs> you you bury a, a plastic Jesus in the topsoil, and then it sprouts into like one of those little wedding chapel. Like there's that little wedding chapel up by like Snohomish. Oh yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. much a garden shed. And see, you know, then, if you let him go long enough, they'll they'll turn into a full fledged. Well, you got church with a steeple. They're really into. Uh, you got to have a slightly acidic soil, and you add nitrogen, and uh, you'll get full cathedral. If, but you got to be patient. Yeah, right, you know? right. You don't, want, you, over, get a you don't want to over-harvest. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they liked this guy, but they didn't know he had to leave the, uh, to do this mission because he was embezzling from the church. Oh, I, at least I that I figured he was on the run, and I was kind of thinking he was on run for something, and I'm glad it wasn't that. Just just financial crimes. Okay. Oh, thank God. No diddling. Okay. <laughs> or that we know of, that we know allegedly. Of. But he didn't stay long. He was replaced by Reverend Edward Brown. Uh, but this guy was rude, rough, and unclean. He had spit in his beard. Mm. But they had to put up with him. But the w- w- winter wasn't so bad because they had some settlers come come in to, from all this to eat, bonanza boom. Like the movie Ravenous? Yep. Uh, so they would take him in and charge him 50 cents to sleep on the floor. Wait, how far away is this from the uh, uh, the time period with the uh, oh, what uh, the, the serial killer family? Oh, yeah. The, with oh, the bed and breakfast. About the right time, yeah. <laughs> so they're, run, they're running comp, competition Just with the fucking... Just about 300 miles north, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, the German... Uh, uh, what are they, the Be- the Becklers or the... God damn it. Yeah, something close One to One of the that. Halloween episodes. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was Kansas, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's all the same. Yeah. Uh, so in the spring, Charles filed a claim on a homestead. In March, the railroad plotted a town called Dismet. Dismet? I wasn't lying about that. Yeah. <laughs> Charles builds a building in town, and they move into it. And in April, DeSmet's first train pulled in. So now things are looking up. Is Father DeSmet ever even in this place, or they're just big fans? They're just big fans okay. of religion. Gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if they ever did it in real life, but I just remember on the show, like, there's a port where they go into South Dakota, and they chose them, like, quote-unquote, go, going into Deadwood, which it looks nothing like real Deadwood, but it's just, like, constant, like, gunfights and drunk shit like constantly <laughs> so they like fuck off and just go live by a creek in the black hills for a while oh. and laura finds what at first she thought was a ghost but it's just a kindly old man that is his uh dead wife buried in the middle of the creek he's been defending it oh it's against, the the road salter from uh from home alone home alone yeah kind of only more gruesome ish sweet it's it's uh, your it's your drinking water and you've got the corpse of your wife right in, right float around in the Anyway, oh, let's just she's end on this rocks. real quick because yeah. this is a good, good place. So the, the, it's named after Father Dismet, but if they would have read any of his letters that he wrote in the 1850s describing the D- Dakota Territory and all the blizzards, they would yeah. have made a town named Dismet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then also, like, <laughs> uh, uh, what year is this again? Uh, 18, Seven. almost 1879-ish. Okay, so we're getting right close to the one that wipes out, uh, T.R. Roosevelt and, uh... Oh, yeah. The more, the, the big, the oh, big, yeah. the big, the big kill, the big die-off, the big freeze. I oh, think yeah. that's maybe five or seven years. I thought that was 80, or no, it was, no, 88? 87. 87. Something like that. We'll just keep on saying different <laughs> The big die-off. 
But I'm still I'm saying it's not that far down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, so. that was the beef bonanza, too. It was, mm-hmm. yeah. it was flooding all this territory with too many cows. That will then all freeze mm-hmm. shortly and then also starve. And then, yep, yep. And then uh, Charlie Russell will paint this cool picture of a starving steer surrounded by uh, wolves called Waiting for a Chinook, which is one of my favorite pieces. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just a starving cow. But right. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Hey, you're the guy who painted the starving cow. I sure did, sir. Wow, you're famous. Wait till you see my next masterpiece, the starving horse. <laughs> we named a bar after this. That's the thing is, yeah, also Charlie, Ru- Charlie Russell did so much more interesting, awesome, and dynamic shit. But no, I like the one with the starving cow. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of a like a watercolor, you know? Reminds me of home. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, I can't see, or I can't wait to see where this fucking town's going to go. Yeah, and sorry, it's probably going to get political, and we might have mm, tough cock. Yep, yeah, that's <laughs> don't don't give a shit. Everything's political, man. If this you don't like is. it, you don't have to listen to that's it. That's right. Uh, cool. Uh, we're going to come back next week and find out the not the conclusion because I know there's going to be <laughs> this. Uh, but uh, we're going to come to the where... exciting middle of the road. Yes, the middle of the road. They've got one train, and they shouldn't be there. But until then, we're going to go out in a hail of uh, Nelly fire. Ooh. Oh, Nelly. I'm telling you, if you want nightmares, go watch some of that old shit with Nelly. She's she's like Damien. She's like, she, oh. Fuck you, Mile City. I want you to know it's over. She's glad your father doesn't come in the store anymore because he smells bad. Smells like a dirty stable. That's all he's good for, clean up after horses.